This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of the North Church, as part of the 2023 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. Hey, so this next portion, it'll be twofold every week. Um, just so you all know, good expectation. I think I told you this week one, but every time you come in here, we're going to continually help teach you how to do OI. And I'm going to go ahead and make a bet. By the fourth time, maybe even the third time, you're going to be like, dude, we get it. We understand how to do it. And if I'm a betting man, mark me down right now. When we get to observation and we say, hey, someone give me an observation. Somebody will undeniably give me an interpretation or an application. It happens every time. Because, to give you a vision for this, like the old Puritans, we want to take the book of Mark and just wring it out for all that it's worth. We want to mine the depths of Mark to find all the gold in it. And if you can discipline yourself to stay and observe the text as much as you possibly can, it will help you make really good biblical interpretations and profitable applications. Okay? So before we jump in that, every time we're just going to touch on whoever's up front here, they're going to touch on the book of Mark. So just want to open the floor. Are there first, are you seeing any themes in the book of Mark? Anything that you're seeing is kind of thematic. The floor is yours. Jesus' power. Okay, you're seeing Jesus' power in this book. Yeah. What else? Things happen. Hit it, honey. Go. Things happen immediately. Okay, things are boom, boom. Oh, God, I should have took you. Sorry. Who is this man? Who is this man? That's a big question, right? All right, anything else? Jesus' authority. His authority is on display, right? Yeah. Anything else? Man's selfishness. Okay, man's selfishness. It's going to be a common theme for the Bible. Yeah, you're seeing that Mark is showing us that Jesus, this, this mere man, he's even lowered over demons. Jesus, this mere man, is lowered over sickness, right? Peter's mom kills her. <clears throat> this mere man is even lowered over diseases. Leprosy, not a problem. Paralytic, paralyzed, not a problem. He's healing the lame, right? Remember what happened in Mark 1, 15? The kingdom of God has come. We'll go back to Eden. What was, what was Eden like? No death, no sickness, no sin, no paralyzed, no blind, none of that. The kingdom of God shows up, starts to go forth. What happens when Jesus shows up on the scene? Sight. The lame walk. The deaf hear. The dead raised. The demons cast out. Because why? The kingdom of God is taking ground. So keep thinking about this theme unraveling, right? Try your best, I know it's almost impossible, to read it as if you don't fully know yet who he is. Try to piece it together as the pieces come, okay? Uh, are there any questions? I, just to be frank, I don't know that I'll have the answer, but uh, are there any questions like, man, I just can't resolve this in the book of Mark in your all's daily reading that would be helpful for the group? <clears throat> It's okay if there's not. I don't want you to feel like you have to conjure something up. just want to make sure that you have a time. Okay, well, 
This is kind of going to be the start of every time when we do these trainings. Just a little touch point on the book of Mark to kind of keep a theme in front of you. To kind of keep helping you unpack this book, okay? I hope it's encouraging. Uh, and it's just going to keep getting better and better. Alright, so let's jump into OIA. What does the O stand for? Observe. Observation. Alright? This is 60% of your time. Seriously. If you can be a good detective looking for all the clues... The, the pieces, the more pieces you have, right, the easier it is to make the puzzle, okay? So, a few things that you're going to look for. Who is here? Where is this taking place? Repeated words, repeated themes. Uh, details, including, like, the passage in the story. Why? What's the plot here? And I love this little part. Write out questions. Questions are really, really helpful. They... A good detective is writing questions because they're trying to find answers, right? So it'll help you think. Uh, look for commands or promises. Uh, and then ask the question, what does this passage say about God? What does it say about Christ? What does it teach me about myself? And then the next section, interpretation. 30% of your time. This is the, the why, like the answer to the why. What does all this mean? So observation, why is Jesus in Capernaum? Why did he... Say your sins are forgiven to the man, but not the other people who brought him. I don't know if that was on your mind. It was on mine. And the part of our interpretation is now I'm going to try to find those answers, right? Uh, so write out the questions. Find the main idea. I think this is like if I could boil it down on interpretation. Try to ask this question. What is Mark trying to teach me? You can say the same thing like this. What is God trying to teach me? They're, as First Peter talks about, they're synonymous in this. Okay. What is Mark truly trying to teach me right here? Okay. Uh, and this is a key part that I want to put in front of you all again. Look at the bottom of interpretation. Check the Bible. Do other passages align with your conclusion? For example, if you get done with a passage and you're like, man, you know, I grew up thinking I couldn't like get drunk all the time, but I, this text is like, I can do that. I can drink as much as I want, be as drunk as I want. And then you read all the other Bible and all the evidence going against that interpretation. That's a safeguard. If you find out that you think, man, I have found the new revelation. I have found the new teaching. You truly might be the point oh whatever, 1% of theologians who truly are find it out for us all. Maybe that you're in here. Betting man, is, it's none of us. So Christians have been mulling over God's word for thousands of years, okay? Uh, and figure out if, if, if our interpretation aligns with the saints that went before us. All right, really, really helpful um, uh, safeguard. And then application, 10% of your time. Why does this matter? Why does it matter? <clears throat> Based on what I've learned, this is a great question. How does this affect my life? So now that I realize I should be a person who is excited to bring my, my lost friends to Jesus or... Man, that Jesus truly can forgive sins. I'm trying to use some of the stuff from the paralytic. How does that affect my life? Well, I would, I would bring my sin to him. Like, I, I wouldn't hide it in shame. I would actually confess and bring it to him. Why? Because he actually can forgive me. So just a helpful uh, little example, okay? And then what would change in my life if I believe this to be true? So you're coming up. I don't know exactly what chapter it is, but Jesus is going to... Uh, Calm the storm, right? He is going to tell the waves and the sea to obey him, and they're going to. And you should ask the question, if I really believe that Jesus has this kind of power, that even the sea, seas and the winds obey him, 
how would this bring comfort to my life? Like, how would this affect the way I'm anxious about this or this? Or when I go into this situation, or my, my friend is sick, how would that affect my prayer life? That's really where transformation is going to come. When you can, you can get the good, right interpretation and then dig it into your heart with application. Okay? Make sense? Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, will you put that text up on the board? Yeah, thank you. Here's what I want everybody to do. I'm gonna, we're going to put a five-minute clock. Well, we won't put it on the screen on this time so you can read this. If you have your Bible, preferably, um, I don't know. There's just something about having a Bible right in front of you. This is also the Bible, but this is my old school coming out. Get your Bible out, and we're going to read Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11, okay? And here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray in your seat, and I want you to read it. I want you to pray again and ask God, help me understand what you are saying. And I want you to reread it again, okay? And then I'll guide us from there. All right? Ready and set, go. What are some things that stood out to you? Maybe repeated words, questions you have. Give them to me. Why is the law of the Lord perfect? That's great. Pose it in a question. What does making wise the simple mean? What does making wise the simple? It's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> it repeats the Lord a bunch. What's that? It repeats the Lord. The Lord, yeah. Are rules, commandments, and law the same? Are rules, commandment, and law the same? How is a great reward awarded? How is a great reward what? Awarding. Awarding? Okay. Awarding. Awarding. Thank you. Sorry. What are precepts? What are precepts? I literally wrote that down. I looked it up. <laughs> I always forget it. What does it mean for the fear of the Lord to be clean? Yep. What does it mean for the fear of the Lord to be clean? What's the connection of the, uh, like the first line to the second? Like, what is it about the law of the Lord being perfect that revives the soul? What is it about the testimony of the Lord is sure that makes that those connections worthwhile? Okay. That's great. What part of the David's life is writing this? What part is what? What part of David's life is writing this? Okay. What part of David's life is he writing this? What else? He compares the law to gold and honey. Okay, yeah. Great observation. The law of the Lord is compared to honey and gold. How would you distinguish soul and heart? How would you distinguish soul and heart? Keep coming. Why is it better than gold and honey? Why is it better than gold and honey? That's right, just pose it in a question. Okay, why are there distinguishes between honey and gold and honeycomb? What is the great reward? What is the great reward? I wrote, how does God's word make the heart happy? How is his law refreshing? Okay, how is his law refreshing? This is great, y'all are doing it. You're not jumping into reputation. Maybe I'm going to be proven wrong. We'll see. We'll see how many weeks you make it. Describes a lot about his character. Okay. Describes a lot about his character. Okay. All right. What's he? Where? Does his law endure forever? It does his law endure forever? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Any other one? 
Okay, I'm going to give you two minutes now, a little shorter, and this is just for the sake of time. And I want you to think, number one question I want you to try to figure out, what is David trying to teach me here? What is God, through David, trying to teach me here? All right, try to find the, the central thought. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to write it in your own words. All right, write out a sentence. It's going to help you. Bring life and goodness. Okay? All right. Here's the key of interpretation. Where did you get that from? Um, the, the first verse, kind of talks about, like, reminding the story of the Here you go. Take your time. Um, and then it continues to talk about, like, how, like, how all the verses are in hand, but, um, what's up there? Okay. Um, and then it just continues off, like, talking about Lord's ways that it kind of enlightened us and it brings rejoicing to the heart and... And then talking about how these are like good, but like the ways of the Lord are clean and they're right all together. And then with the goodness part, that's kind of like comparing it to the gold and the honeycomb. And from the last part, in that there's great reward. And I, I would interpret that as just kind of like bringing life and that's kind of the joy of the Lord. Okay. All right. The reason I'm asking that question is this is going to be a safeguard for you throughout life. If you can't say, because this verse, this verse, and this verse says this, this, and this, and what you're saying is your interpretation is not found within the text, you're wrong. Uh, if you can prove it through the text, it, it's right and good, right? And that's our whole goal of trying to figure out, uh, to, I mean, to read the Bible, right? Is to figure out what is God saying, and then how do I apply it? But the, the, the hardest process is trying to figure out what is he saying? Okay, what else? Who else would say, like, this is my sentence of the central message of Psalm? It, again. Uh, it is good for us to listen to the Lord because everything the Lord does is perfect and good. Okay. Yeah. And then I got that from the part of it's good for us to listen is at the end and teaching them there's a great reward. And then everything the Lord does is perfect and good is from up top where it says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making life simple. The Lord is right, rejoicing the heart. Man of the Lord is pure. Those are all good connotations. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Let's one more. Hit it. God's word is perfect and we should desire it. And if we keep it, there is a great reward. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I wrote God's word is perfect and more valuable than anything else this world has to offer. It is true and good. Uh, out the gate, it says it's perfect. It says it's more desirable than gold and honey. Gold is what? It's a, it's a high-priced jewel, even today still. Uh, and then honey, it's super sweet. They didn't have all these added sugars and all this stuff. Like, that is some sweet, sweet stuff. And then it's true and good. It says it, right? So, okay, next part. I'm going to give you one minute, maybe even 45 seconds. I want you to think. Ask this question to yourself. If I believed that God's word is perfect and more valuable than anything this world has to offer, and that it is true and good, what would change about my life? Or how might my life look different? Go. Okay. If you believed that God's word was more valuable than anything this world has to offer, and that it's perfect, true, and good, what would change about your life? Or how might it look different? 
desire to be made wise by the Lord's perfect law. Okay, you desire to make to be made wise by God's word. Okay, what would that what would that practically look like? Okay. Go ahead, John. I love to memorize scripture. To understand to have this this word just so yeah. yeah, it's not just something I get. I treasure. All right, what else? I think for myself, if I'm being honest, if I truly believed that God's word was perfect and it was more desirable than anything, I would not punt it often. Sometimes I can wake up and I feel the sense of urgency of other things that might not be urgent, but I make them feel urgent and I say, I still have time to do that this morning. Sometimes it's legitimate, but oftentimes it's not. And if I really believed this, I would quit using that as an excuse. See, what's happening, I, I'm being challenged by my own life, and I'm seeing, I'm saying one thing, but my life is doing another. If I really believed that to be true, this would be adding up. And I want to own it and confess and say, God, I don't think that I always believe your word is perfect. God, I, I don't value your word more than other things sometimes. And Lord, I'm sorry. Would you truly give me a desire of David? Would you give me a desire of Jesus' heart to love your God more? I mean, to love your word more? That would be some, I'm getting in there. See? Anything else you want to share? Any other applications? Okay. Is it starting to make sense? Oh, I Really, really do diligent work trying not to give a surface level application. I should read the Bible more. Of course you should. You should always pray more. You should always read the Bible more. You should always share the gospel more. But get to the, the why. The why, the why, the why. Why am I not reading God's more? Words more. It's because I don't value it. I really don't believe all the time that it's more precious than gold and honey. More precious than anything the world has offered. And don't feel debilitated or condemned Run to the Lord. Confess and ask Him to change your heart. He will. He really will. Okay. Uh, that's all I've got. I'm going to pray. And then, are you going to... Yeah, you got some announcements. Okay. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for your word. God, help us. Help us, oh God, to desire your word. More than anything, Lord, help us uh, confess and repent. God, help us to turn away from trusting in these, these, these foolish things, God, that we often place our, our trust in or think that, oh, this will make me wise and neglect your word. God, this will bring satisfaction and neglect your word. God, help us, please, please, please make us look like Jesus, oh God. Transform us into the image of your son through the power of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2023 Summer Training Project, hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of the North Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.